0: Welcome to the Equipress Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equipresschurch.hu. Uh, we're going to start a series tonight that will actually take us through the next month. And uh, I think it's going to be a, uh, a, a, a very important series, something that will actually launch us into this next... Um, era next season, and we have simply called it Commissioned. Commissioned. Uh, there are two main uh, texts uh, from uh, the Gospels that, uh, that Jesus um, underlined, uh, something that is uh, very foundational for the New Testament church. The first one is known as the Great Commandment, and the second one is no, known as the Great Commission. All right. Uh, The Great Commandment and the Great Commission. The Great Commandment is uh, all about loving God and loving people. Uh, It's in the book of Matthew, chapter 22. Uh, Jesus basically said, um, I wonder if we have that here. Yeah. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. So Jesus is telling us that first of all, it starts here deep inside our passion, our love for God. And then he added, and the second is love your neighbor as yourself. So out of that love to God, we will love the others. We'll love our neighbors. So that's the great commandment. Then there is the great commission. Now at the end of Jesus' ministry, before he goes up to the Father, he gives us the great commission. Now this is in Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses 18 through 20. Uh, before Jesus is ascending to the Father, he sends uh, the disciples to Galilee, to the hill country. And he gives them uh, this Uh, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Uh, Therefore, help me out. Therefore, go. this is going to be an important thing for tonight. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you. Always, to the end, to the very end of the age. Now, this is the Great Commission. Now, I want to say in, in introduction that uh, we cannot do the Great Commission without fulfilling the Great Commandment. The Great Commission flows out of the Great Commandment. In other words, we are not supposed to be some evangelistic robots. You know, telling the gospel, evangelizing the mission, it has to flow out of our love for Jesus and out of our love for our neighbor. We have to be broken for the people and we have to have a passionate love for Jesus. Then it's easy to do the Great Commission. You can't help but fulfilling the Great Commission. But in this series, we're going to challenge the church, challenge us to actually do the Great uh, Commission. Um, See, this is our homework. This is what God gave us. The commission is our homework. At the end, Jesus is going to come. Now, we don't know whether it's tomorrow or in another hundred years. But he's going to come and he's going to ask whether you have done your homework. Any students in the house? I I hated those Monday mornings in school. You come to school and you're nervous. And the first thing the teacher does is, All right, open your homework, give me your homework. I hated those moments." Well, that moment is coming, and He's going to ask us if we have fulfilled the commission, if we have done the homework that He gave us. So um, it's a special mandate. It's a special commission that He has given us, and we're going to open part one tonight, and the name of that part is simply, Go. Let's say this together. "Go." Go. Go, therefore. Go. Now, it sounds incredibly primitive. <laughs> it sounds incredibly simple uh, that Jesus is asking us to go. That basically, the meaning of that, I looked up different translation, translations. The meaning is to go, to go on one's way, to go on a journey, to proceed from one place to another. That didn't help, right? (laughs) It all means to go. I looked up the Greek. I had about eight semesters of Greek. I forgot all of that. It's all Greek to me now. (laughs) But actually the uh, original uh, word for that is, if I can say it right, is if there are any Greek in, in the house, I apologize. In the, yeah, It's okay, it's okay, thank you. You are incredibly gracious. I'm going to take lessons again. Uh, and I think poreuma is, is the... Uh, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll have coffee after, we'll just be nice. But you know, the meaning of that word is uh, to go. I know it surprises you. The, the meaning is to go. No, I got, man, I'm going, I got really embarrassed now. I got really embarrassed. <clears throat> the meaning is to get going, to get moving, to get into motion. You cannot fulfill the Great com, uh, Commission standing or sitting. You can only fulfill the Great Commission on the go, on the move being mobile that's a prerequisite to fulfilling the Great Commission to be mobile now I really hope that today God is God would uh, uh, kick us out of the comfort zone a little bit you yeah? know because we have a we have a tendency to slip into our comfort zone I do I do uh, and I really trust that God would use this message tonight to actually stir us, to make us a little bit uncomfortable and get us going. So here, Jesus is speaking to his closest friends, to the 11. There were 11 uh, disciples at that point with him, and uh, they all took it incredibly seriously. They took it literally Here is how they took it. Peter. Peter founded the community in the city of Antioch, later served in Corinth, ended up in Rome, where he died as a martyr. Andrew, Peter's brother, he traveled to the present-day Russia, to the north. Uh, He is known as the apostle to the Greeks and he died a martyr's death in the city of Patras. James, he died as the first martyr in Jerusalem, beheaded by Herod, before he could actually go anywhere else. John served in Ephesus, which is modern-day Turkey, and he was exiled to the island of Patmos. Philip ministered Uh, to uh, Greek-speaking ethnic groups in North Africa and Asia Minor, and he also died as a martyr. Bartholomew, or uh, Nathaniel, that was his other name, his journey led him all the way to India with Thomas, then later to Armenia, and then he uh, started to preach on the trade routes to Ethiopia, and he died also as a martyr. Thomas, he traveled to Syria and also to present-day Iraq, uh, and uh, he's also known for his mission in India. Half of India uh, carry the name, like all, almost half of the guys have the name of Thomas, yeah, in southern India, right? I've, I've, I have quite a few friends from India, his name is, why? Because they celebrate the legacy of this apostle, and he died as a martyr. James, son of Alpheus, he preached north of Israel, and he also died a martyr's death. Matthew preached in the Mediterranean, and he died a martyr's death in Ethiopia. Thaddeus, also known as Judas, preached in present-day Syria, Iraq, and Turkey. And he's known as the apostle to the Armenians, and he died a martyr's death in Beirut, Lebanon. And then Simon Zelot, he preached together with Tadeus, and he also died in Beirut. These guys, they took it literally. They went, and they went all the way. They fulfilled the Great Commission. Now it's our turn. Three things I want to say from this scripture. Here's number one we can cheer up a little bit not everybody dies as a martyr (laughs) thank you jesus i'll tell you a story i'll tell you a story um when i was a young guy just entered the ministry after bible college i was going to do my first baptism it was a day I'll never forget. I was going to do my first baptism. It was an older lady I was going to baptize, and I was really nervous. <laughs> we had a team from, uh, from Sweden, actually, that day, evangelistic team. And, and, so, and they were leaving on that very day. So before they left, there was an older lady on the team, and she came to me just before the service and said, I have a prophetic word uh, for you. And, you know, usually it's an encouraging thing so I'm like hallelujah thank you Lord and he says I have a feeling that you're going to die as a martyr and she left and I never saw her again so, so I was nervous already <laughs> from being my first baptism in this baptism thing this older lady my knees were shaking <clears throat> but after this word I was like shaking double you know I was like it was uh, it was huge. Now some people had to minister to me after, <laughs> and you know I don't know. We all have to be ready to give our life for Jesus, to give our love, to give our life for Jesus. Amen. We have to live like we really mean it, all of us. So these guys, they actually put their lives down, uh, and they pay the cost. But cheer up it's gonna be a happy message as well (laughs) here is number one we go in authority we go in his authority all right can we say this together church we go in his authority this is what jesus said he says all power is given to me in heaven and on earth so go we don't just go we go because he has the power and the authority Therefore, we go. We go in His authority. We are commissioned by Him. With His authority, He commissioned us. That's why we go. Now, this is quite interesting. Jesus named these 11 disciples, apostles, sometime before that. We read about that in Mark chapter 3, verses 13 to 15. Jesus went up on a mountain uh, and he called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed uh, the twelve, that they might be with him, and that they might send them out, and he might send them out, it's hard to read this <clears throat> from up close, <laughs> to preach, and, and to have authority to drive out demons. All right? He appointed the twelve, actually, uh, the, the uh, some other translations actually specify he appointed them to be apostles. All right, Uh, so he called them, before they were called disciples, here he calls them apostles. It's an important distinction I want to make today. Before he called them disciples, a disciple is simply someone who follows the master, who follows the rabbi. But here he calls them this strange term. It was a secular term. An apostle Uh, The the term apostle was a secular term, and it meant uh, two things. In that era, it meant being an ambassador. An apostle was a diplomat, a representative, uh, an ambassador. Uh, It would be someone who was sent to conquer territories to transform society into into a society that would be similar to the empire, empire that sent him. Okay, an apostle was an ambassador in the Roman days who was sent out to the new territories to set it up so that it would look like Rome. It could also be an admiral, someone who uh, who would uh, have a fleet. Uh, And he would go to uncivilized territories to bring their civilization, infrastructure, culture, and education. So the apostles in those days were secular offices. Admirals, diplomats, someone representing a kingdom or an empire. Going into new territories to establish a representation of that kingdom or empire. Now when Jesus takes his disciples, he says, I'm going to make you my representatives. I'm going to send you out to new territories to establish my kingdom there, to represent my rule, my dominion in those new territories. I'm going to call you my apostles, the sent ones. You're going to be my representatives, the representatives of my kingdom on earth. You are going to be my disciples. Isn't this exciting? He says, you're not just my disciples. I'm going to empower you. All of my authority uh, will go with you. And I'm going to empower you to represent me. Now, this is a little bit more interesting. When they went, they would establish small communities that they would call Ecclesia. Ecclesia was also a secular word, a secular term, uh, which was a civic assembly in the city. Like a city parliament, that was the ecclesia in those days. So Jesus is using the secular word and he puts a uh, new, fresh, spiritual meaning to the secular word. He's, he didn't say, uh, I'm, I'm going to establish uh, a synagogue or a Sanhedrin or a temple. He says, I'm going to establish an ecclesia. I'm going to establish a community that will represent my kingdom here. And listen to this. When a group of just two or three citizens of Rome got together anywhere in the world, they call it a conventus, uh, which was a local representation of the empire. Just two or three citizens of Rome and the ecclesia was there. It reminds me of what Jesus said. If there is just two or three of you t- together in my name, I am in your midst. I'm, I'm, my kingdom is there. You are representing my kingdom. So we go in His authority. We go and there is His power, His authority with us. Back in us. And we represent His kingdom on earth as His apostles as His apostolic community, His Ecclesia. So our commission is from Him. We are going, but we're going with His power, with His authority. So, uh, as you go in obedience, heaven stands behind you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen? So that's number one. We go in His authority. Here is number two. The going is only a vehicle. Let me explain. The going is only a vehicle. In those days, the going on foot, that was the main means of transportation. Okay, today we have the cars and the planes and helicopters, the bicycles, whatever you use. Back in those days, it would be the ships, uh, it would be um, the donkey, <laughs> the horse, and we'll be traveling by foot. Now, Paul himself most likely made about 14,000 kilometers on foot on his missionary journeys. It was a lot of walking in those days. Uh, But the going, that's not the goal. The going is only a vehicle. It's only a means of transportation to accomplish our mission, to accomplish our goal. Uh, A better translation would say, As you go, make disciples. Or having gone, make disciples. The goal is to be an apostolic community. A sent community that represents heaven on earth and transforms this world into His image. That is the goal. That is the mission. That's the commission. And we do that how? We do that. By going as we go. Having gone, make disciples. Now, this is quite important uh, to get. So hopefully I can get across what uh, what I mean by that. Now, some of us are called to actually go to another country or another culture or another city uh, to bring the kingdom of God there. For most of us, that is not the case. Now, I'm a bit of an extreme. My story is a bit eccentric. When I was 16, I, uh, I responded to a call. And I basically signed the contract with Jesus saying, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will go wherever you want me to go. I give my life to you. And he was... Um, very creative with that signature. <laughs> uh, he, he sent me first to uh, a city called Novizamki and we planted a church and we were there for a decade. Then he said, Okay, you remember the signature? <clears throat> I'm going to call you to another city. And then he called us to the city of Nitra and we were there. We started the church and we were there for a decade. And then when we got comfortable, uh, he said, Okay, time to move again. And then he said, Okay, now. Budapest is the new location, so he took us out of there and he says, and uh, go uh, to Budapest. And uh, so that has been a bit of uh, an eccentric story in our own lives. And my story scares many people. Because often when I preach about mission, they, they all think that, You have to do that. You have to leave your city or leave your country and go literally to another place on this planet. Now, let me explain. The going is just a vehicle. Maybe 1%, maybe 10% of us are called to actually do that physically. God is going to take you from Budapest and put you to some other place on the planet like Ulaanbaatar. He's going to do that and will take you to uh, the most creative places on this planet. But with most of us, it's not that extreme. With most of us, what what he's asking from us is just to take one step. Just to make one step. For some of you, it will be just going across the room and touch someone's life. For some of you, it will be just going across your classroom to touch someone's life. For some of you, it will be just going across the street to your neighbor and touch his life. For some of you, it will be just going to your workmate uh, in your business or in your company, in your office, and go to him and tell him the gospel. For some of you, it may be just in your own living room, going to a member of your family and reaching out to him. You're getting the idea. God is calling all of us to go. Maybe just 1% are called to actually go to an extreme uh, lifestyle of planting or mission or adventure. But we're all called to go. The going is just a vehicle. We all have the same mission. We all have the same mandate. But the going is just a vehicle. The going uh, is... Is the process that God is uh, using to get you out of the comfort zone, so you don't get settled, you don't get comfortable. He He will stir you to step out of your comfort zone and go. You know, I like to uh, embarrass people in the restaurants, for example, or in cafes. Uh, talk to the waiters and kind of take them out of the comfort zone, make connections. Uh, and it uh it uh, it kind of uh energizes me <laughs> to do that <laughs> sometimes i embarrass my family when we do when i do that <clears throat> but uh there was a uh, i may have been mentioned to some of you uh, a story i was uh on the bus with uh peter um uh, uh preshinsky the guy you all know. <laughs> and we had about 15 stops in the bus in Budapest, going from, from you know A to B just as a point of transportation. And I was so tired. I was like, I was really tired. I had a lot of meetings that week, and I was just I, I sat comfortably in the chair. And then he starts to talk to one guy, and in 10 minutes he ends up <laughs> praying for him. <laughs> like what come on? I've taught you well. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, he's talking to another person on the same bus. And while I was sitting and taking a nap in the bus, he evangelized to two people on the bus. He ended up praying for two guys on that trip. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> you don't have to go, you stay on the same bus. You just make one step and you touch someone's life. And who knows, their lives may be changed forever. they going is just, he didn't go anywhere, he stayed on the same bus. Are you getting the point? You don't have to travel to another country or to another city, to another continent to fulfill the Great Commission. Now, in a city like Budapest, the beauty of that is that the world comes to us. Jesus go into the whole world. Hey, we live in a day when the world comes to us. How amazing is that? So just pray today. Who can, who, whose life can I touch this week? Someone who is close to me, but is far from God. Whose life can I touch? So that's number two. And finally, number three. He goes with us. He goes with us. Now, uh, this is what he said. And behold, I am with you always. Even to the end of the world. Because of this part of the scripture, some call the Great Commission the Great Partnership. See, it's not that... God is joining us on our mission. It's the other way. We are joining Him on His mission. In missiology, we call it Missio Dei. He has always been on a mission. We just finally wake up and join Him. It's not like I'm going to do my mission this week and God, please join me on my mission. No, He's been walking the whole time. He's been reaching out to people the whole time. He has done it. He has, that has been His commission, His mission. And we now join Him on His mission. He is not with us because we are doing it, but because we finally joined Him on His mission. God is always on a mission. That's why Abraham had to go and establish uh, this heavenly community. That's why he had to go out um, of his civilized uh, uh, city in Ur of Chaldeans and he had to go to another place. That's why Israel had to be the light for the nations because it was the mission of God. That is why Jesus came to earth bring heaven down and that is why the church is called uh, with a mandate now let me put it this way if we want to be in his presence with him next to him we need to keep up with him how many of you love the presence of God there's like five of you (laughs) you love the presence of God yeah Yeah. Now, now we think that to have the presence of God we need to come to church Sing worship songs, pray together, right? And that's good. I love that. But you know where the presence of God really is? Where if you want to be, if you want to be with Him in His presence, join Him on His mission. Whatever He does, join Him. He says, if you go, I'm going to be with you. Always, to the end. If you get in sync with His steps, like He is going and you join Him and you're going with Him, you're as close to Him as possible. He goes, we go with Him. I have never felt His presence and His authority so much. And I have never seen so many miracles in my life as when I was taking steps with Him. When I went, when I joined Him, On his mission. So number one was we go in his authority. Why? Because all power and all authority in heaven was given him. Number two, the going is just a vehicle. For some of us it actually may be leaving um, our geographical context and going to another place. For some it may be just walking across the room. Number three, he goes with us. Now let me give you some applications before we finish. What does it actually mean for us? Here's number one. Um, If only God doesn't stir you or urge you to go to another place geographically, stay where you are. For most of us, stay where you are. I, I don't want this church empty next Sunday. <laughs> like, they all disappeared. Some are in Africa, some are in Asia. Some, some really went to Mongolia, you know. Some went to, uh, to the desert, or I don't know, and the p- church is empty next Sunday. For 99 percent, we stay. All right? Are you okay? But for some, the mission, maybe to go. God may ask you to actually move. Go Go to a different culture. Number two, keep your eyes and your ears open as you go. As you walk next week with Jesus, as you join Him on His mission, keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. He's going to cause supernatural connections. He's going to create opportunities for you to actually... Be an apostle to those people. To be an apostolic ecclesia to those people. Keep your eyes open. There will be people in your journey. There will be people in your sight that you can actually touch. Whose lives you can transform. Keep your eyes open as you go. Number three. Ask for a broken heart for the people. In other words, fulfill the great commandment before you fulfill the great commission. I'm going to pray for that tonight. Ask that God will actually break your heart for the people that are next to you or close to you. And number four, finally, get out of your comfort zone regularly. Get out. Allow people like your pastor or the outreach team or some other crazy folk here that, that they would... Get you out of the comfort zone. And do something you haven't done before. Do something that's not like normal you. Let God take you out of the comfort zone. <clears throat> I was thinking uh, this morning, when was it the first time I actually did it? I did this? And uh, <clears throat> God reminded me of... Um, of uh, some of my early story during teenage years when I was in my seventh grade. And uh, <clears throat> one of my classmates uh, went through a crisis in, in his life. He was 12 or 13, and his mom died. And I was new in that community. I was the new guy in the school. Uh, but somehow I really started to feel for this guy, for this classmate, and I reached out to him. And I, I, I went to the park with him. I I was was a teenager, you know, shy guy, 12, 13, Um, and I I actually um, um, went to his house, and we sort of became friends, and uh, we ended up praying together, we ended up, uh, I invited him to the youth group, Um, long story short, some years later, I did his wedding, and for about five or six years, we were like best buddies, and he's still serving Jesus. There was another guy in the same classroom, and he was sort of the awkward individual in the classroom. Every class has those, yeah? He was like the outsider, like nobody really talked to him. And so, I don't know, maybe I attract attract those people. (laughs) So I started to talk to him, and we ended up reading the Bible, and I, I started to meet weekly with this guy. Um, And, you know, we were 13, 14 maybe at that time. We started to meet weekly just to read the Bible and to pray. He ended up coming to one of our camps. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit in that camp. And uh, long story short, he's still serving Jesus. And he's a a priest today. (laughs) uh, You never know. Just walk across the room. Just touch somebody's life. You don't have to die as a martyr to to do the Great Commission. Walk across the room. See someone whose life you can touch. Someone who who is maybe uh, an outcast, maybe an outsider, but also maybe the most popular guy in your group. Touch their life. Because I'm going to keep preaching, you know. Uh, my alarm uh, goes off every day at 9.38. It's not my first one. <laughs> but my alarm actually goes off every morning, 9.38. And it's my Matthew 9.38 alarm. My Matthew 9.38 says, Pray to the Lord of the harvest that He will send out laborers for the harvest. And I pray that every morning. My alarm goes off 9:38, and I'm like, Jesus, give us more labors for the harvest. And that, he started to do that, so I updated my prayer, and I pray part B. I'm like, Jesus, and now give me the money, <laughs> give us the money, so we could uh, we could fund those people that are called to the harvest. <laughs> Anybody feels the pain? <laughs> And I really believe that God is commissioning us, commissioning us as the church, to be a house of harvest, sending people. Some will go to the distant lands. Some will be reaching this city, and some will just go across the room, but we all need to go. Let me finish with a story. It's one of my most favorite missionaries. I have probably mentioned his story a few times here. Um, his name was City Stud. When he was a young guy, he was a popular um, athlete in England. He played cricket. He became incredibly rich because of his sports, but also because of his inheritance. And he felt the call of God in his life, and so he 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 gave away all of his possessions. In today's money, it would be millions of uh, pounds, and he gave all of that. Uh, to the mission field, if I remember correctly, it was uh, the, the China, China Inland Mission, uh, uh, the, the money went to them and uh, he responded to the call of God and he went to China with no money. He had millions, he gave it away, he went with no money with his wife and he lived in very humble conditions in mud huts with his young wife. He spent about 10 years there, about a decade. He went back to England and he started to preach the gospel as an evangelist in universities. And the God called him again. He says, I want you to go to India now. So he took his family and he went to inland India, living in humble conditions, preaching the gospel, establishing the the kingdom of God. And he spent about a decade, you can Google his story, it's an amazing story. And then he came back to England again and he started to preach. I think he went to America to preach as well. This is hundred years ago. And then when he was my age, God said, okay, time to go again. And he called him to Africa. And so he went down the Congo River to inland Africa. And he spent about 20 years ministering in, uh, inside Africa in the most... Uh, difficult conditions, in the most primitive conditions, actually. And at the end of those 20 years, there were thousands of believers that actually became followers of Jesus, and it birthed a revival in that part of Africa a hundred years ago. And he did that without his family. At At that time, his wife and his family stayed in England to run his mission, and they hadn't seen each other for about 20 years. And he died there. I read his biography this year, and uh, I have many quotes that I love by him. This is a new one. This is what he said: don't go with shame, don't be afraid, be bold and preach the gospel. Don't drag the flag of God in the earth, put it up and overcome. Let me say the last part again. Don't drag the flag of God in the earth. Put it up and overcome. I want to challenge you, church, with this. We are on a mission together in Budapest and beyond. In your house, in your school, in your family, at your workplace, in the marketplace, on the streets, some of you in the parks. We don't drag the flag of God on the earth we put it up, and we overcome. Most of us will not go to distant lands. Some of you will, and we cheer you on. Most of us will not move to another town, city, country. Some of you will, and we cheer you on. But we are all called to go, wonder if we could stand. Now, you know, this church would not be here if some of us did not stand up and go. But, you know, that is not enough because we have to go to another level. There is a whole city to reach. There are nations in this city that we are called to reach. There is now, I think, about 30 nations represented in this house. And I love this. It, this, is, this, is, this, this feels like heaven to me. I love getting to know, you know, the cultures and the backgrounds of many of you. I love the fact that we uh, come together just because we love Jesus and we don't care about, you know, your language, your tribe, your ethnic background. We simply love Jesus, and that's why we are together. And we are called to reach the nations in this city. We're called also to reach the Hungarian nation in this in this land. Amen. And we're also called to reach other cities in the area, in the vicinity, maybe other nations as well. But it all starts with our heart broken for the people, the, the great commandment. And it starts with us getting out of our comfort zone and going. Yeah, so let's just pray for, <clears throat> for a moment, all of us, wherever you are. Let's start praying. Uh, whether it's in English or in your own language or in your, in your spiritual language, let's just pray for a moment. Let God break your heart for what breaks His heart. Come on, let's, let's, let's stir this mission spirit in us. Amen. Yes, Lord. Send me, I will go. Yes, Lord. Stir my heart for your things, for your mission. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to do a a bit of a prayer meeting in the next few minutes. The first thing I want to ask you to pray for is uh, the people in your uh, closest circle, your family, your workmates, uh, your neighbors, people in your closest circle, your friends, uh, and we're going to just pray. Just take 60 seconds now to pray for them. There may be faces, there may be names that God is going to give you now. And let's just pray for a moment. Pray like it matters, okay? Pray like Jesus really died for them. Pray that they would actually experience salvation. And pray that you could actually have an opportunity to bring them the best news of salvation. So let's pray for that right now, all over the room. Very, it's a very natural thing to pray. Come on, just open your mouth and pray for them. Yes, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Yes, Lord, we are believing, Father, for salvations this month. People coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Surrendering their life to Jesus new birth, spiritual birth, (laughs) forgiveness, repentance, faith being placed in your death, your resurrection, Jesus. Oh, no darkness of hell will prevail. (laughs) You are an overcomer, Jesus, and we're praying for these people. Oh, yes. Come on. going to move us on for another 30 seconds or so. I'm going to pray for this city and these nations and the nations in the city. Let's, come on, let's pray right now for the nations in the city. Father, we pray for Budapest right now. We pray for um, this amazing city and and the opening you gave us into this city to bring the gospel to the people in this city in this beautiful city father we also pray for the many nations you have called to be here and we pray that they would we would be a light we we would be a blessing and we would be a testimony to many of them being able to lead them to you jesus we pray for that right now yes going to do uh, a specific um, invitation right now. Uh, when I was 16 or 15, I said yes. I basically said, Lord, whatever you have for my life, I say yes. And I will go wherever you want me to go. Wherever you send me, I will go. And I believe there are some, pe- some people in the room tonight that are ready to say this to Jesus. Now, we never take it lightly. But some of you here maybe like Lord I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to re- sign this contract with you. I will go wherever you want me to go. I will live my life in your service from now on for the rest of my life. Whatever you have for me, I will go, I will do it. And if that's you, just would you simply respond? Would you simply raise your hand like this is me. Excuse me I'm ready to say yes to Jesus to this apostolic call yeah you see some of those hands like maybe shaky maybe like I'm, I don't I have no idea what am I saying yes to but yeah come on God sees that that's amazing so in Jesus name I commission you. In Jesus' name, I speak the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the authority of heaven to be on your life. And I declare that, go. I declare that He's going to send you to places you have no idea about, but He will back you up with all of heaven, with all of His power and authority. And I I commission now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I speak the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life, the power of His Holy Spirit to go with you. Hallelujah. Mm. And don't drag the flag. Put it up <laughs> with boldness, with courage. Hallelujah, we will see His kingdom established and used in a powerful way. Hallelujah. 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 And finally, <clears throat> the last thing I want to do is there may be some of us in the house here that actually need to make the first step to Jesus. Uh, You may be in the house and and you're like, Yeah, I like this, but I actually actually need to give my life to Jesus. Um, We all need Jesus. But first of all, we need Him to save us. The Bible says we're all sinners in need of salvation. And the good news is that He died for us. He paid for our salvation. We don't have to do that. What we have to do is repent from our sin. And put our faith in him believe that he died and that he rose again and we do that every sunday we give the opportunity to people to actually receive this new life and maybe there is some of you here in the house and and you would say pastor mirror i need salvation i need jesus in my own life so in a moment i'm going to ask you if that's you in just a moment to raise your hand and we'll pray together but also there may be some of you here that have actually done that before in your life, but you need to come back. You have grown distant and you need to come back to Jesus tonight. So with all of our eyes closed for just a moment, I want to give this invitation. Who needs to give their life to Jesus tonight? Maybe for the first time, or maybe it's a rededication. If you need to give your life to Jesus, would you would you give me a wave where you are? Would you raise your hand? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Come on, we'll wait for just a moment. This is your time. This is your night. Come on. For some of you, I'm not sure if you're worshiping or if you're responding. But that's all right. That's all right gonna pray this together okay gonna make this an altar of committing our lives to Jesus tonight let's pray this together dear Jesus I need you tonight I declare that I'm a sinner in need of your salvation I repent from every sin I put my faith in you tonight I believe you died and you rose again I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I believe I I am saved. I believe I belong to you now. And I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus.